Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. All right, welcome everybody. And I'd like to welcome today's guest, Channing Gardner. We're so excited to have her here. She is a wife. She is a mom. She has an insurance agency that is huge. She has uh, children's books. She's an author and has a brand new book called Don't Be a Lemon. Welcome, Channing. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Awesome. So tell us who Channing is. Um, so really, I mean, everything that I say yes to in life is centered around what I believe my mission is here on earth. Um, and so I went through an experience at my church and whether you're religious or not, I think everybody can use the knowledge of like, why am I really here? And so ever since then, I've just kind of honed in and I say yes only to the things that allow me to lead more people. Um, and so I am a shield for those that God allows me to lead and I'm meant to lead many, not few. So that is kind of me in a sentence, if you want. I absolutely love that. Also have fairly recently identified my infinite purpose and in all of these finite projects that are helping to fulfill that. So you would say your infinite purpose is say that statement again, to be a shield. I'm a shield to those that God allows me to lead and I'm meant to lead many, not few. I love it. Oh my God. And obviously you're doing so many different projects. Tell us about how you're leading and maybe you can start with your agency or wherever you'd like to start. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it really kind of started in the pandemic. I've really been in leadership positions my whole life, whether it was in cheer or at school or at the science project that we had working on or whatever. Um, but (laughs) When the pandemic hit, I I was one of those people that, you know, in 48 hours, we no longer need your position. And, you know, I sat at home and felt sorry for myself for a few months and then woke up one day and was like, what am I doing? What, What is the point in just wallowing? So I applied for a job. I had no clue what it even was. Uh, And it was for an insurance job. And the man who interviewed me basically challenged me and said like, well, we're just not sure if you have what it takes. And I said, well, what is the quickest anybody's studied and passed the exam? And he goes, four days. I said, I'll have it done in two. Um, and so yeah, yeah, I I will. took the job just because I was challenged and told I couldn't do it. Cause that's who I am. If I can't do something, I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, and then my papa, he owned his own insurance agency. So I guess it's just must be in my blood. Um, I worked for other people until January of this year, he passed. And that was kind of like the kick in the butt that I needed to say like, no more. I'm working for myself. I got this and I'm totally capable. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where, and my book is all about my failures, honestly, when I started leading professionally and about some of the situations I was able to save and other relationships that I didn't get to save because I was the problem and I couldn't see it. Oh my gosh. I love that. So did you do it in the two days? I did it in the two days. Yep. I crammed, studied and passed with a 96 in about 20 minutes. So (laughs) yeah, you did. That's what's up. I love that you say you're demonstrating your failures because Mm -hmm. 
the I, my infinite purpose is to bring hope and purpose to human failure because I have screwed up royally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Things I've yeah. done out, outside forces, my health, other people's decisions that have caused failures in my life. There is purpose beyond that. And so oh, yeah. I love it. Talk yeah. about the book. It's called Don't Be a Lemon. Yeah, it's called Don't Be a Lemon. It's got a big giant lemon on the front. Um, so it's available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. You can special order it at Barnes and Noble. They'll ship it to you. Um, and then in a few local bookstores as well. Uh, but really, Don't Be a Lemon is about how nobody wants to buy a lemon car. We've all heard that saying like, oh, this car is a lemon and, you know, it's not problems. It looked like a really great car, but it wasn't. And I was a lemon leader. I looked like a really good leader. I had the part, I did the hair and the dress and the whole nine yards, but I wasn't a good leader. And so what it does is it challenges you to look at your failures and not shy away from them like society kind of tells us, well, if you didn't do that well, then just don't do it again. And really, I think the challenge is you didn't do that well because it was your first time. So let's try again instead of avoiding it. And let's really start to face our fears and look at each individual part and say, okay, well, this was a failure, but I'm not a failure. And what parts of this failure can I learn from? And um, using them to make you better. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, what do we hear about all the time that overnight success that took 10 years to get? Yep. 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 Or <laughs> ben until Franklin. you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Ben Franklin, you know, his famous quote of, well, I didn't fail 2000 times. I, I found 2000 ways not to make a light bulb. That's it. That he only needed the one. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So are, do you want to talk about one of your biggest failures? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think one of my biggest failures was micromanaging. And there's a whole bunch of different ways that that kind of reared its head um, in my agency. And that really stemmed from imposter syndrome, me not believing that I was good enough to lead these people. And why would they trust me? And, you know, when I started my insurance career, two months later, the head of the agency quit. And so it was, I took it upon myself to say, well, there's 35 agents here that their families are depending on them. And I will step up and I will be the shield and I will take the bullets and I will figure out how this needs to work. And so with that, because I took that upon myself, which I do in a lot of roles in my life, I never stopped back to look and say like, well, we've got a whole bunch of talent here. And so where's everybody's strengths and where can they fill my gaps and what can I release? And so I put blanket rules on everybody. And if you've worked for corporate, you've been a part of a blanket rule, right? Yes. So yes. my job, it was something that anybody could have done from home. In fact, I do it from home now. And instead of being flexible, I had an agent that had um, every once in a while had seizures and so they weren't allowed to drive. And so instead, I made this poor agent, his fiance, drive him to the office for work every single day until finally he quit 30 days later. And then when he quit, I was sitting back going, well, why did he quit? That doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't he love working here? And you know, <laughs> that's a relationship I was able to save, thankfully. But I look back at that and how embarrassing. <laughs> It didn't yeah. matter. I could have been flexible. I could have given him exactly what he needed, made him feel empowered, made him feel valued. And I chose not to. 
Wow. That that's incredible. I think a lot of our listeners and, and other women trying to build businesses are, are trying to build a team. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the most valuable things you can do is leverage the talent in your team. We cannot be all things to all people, right? We cannot know everything there is to know, even about an industry we're super familiar with, even generationally yeah. familiar with to draw on the talents of those people is so wise and to yeah. offload where you can do the things you need to do. Exactly. My hat's big, but it's not big enough to carry everything. <laughs> And it's much easier to not have to be changing it all oh, yeah. the time when you can just wear that hat with confidence and give the other hat to someone who it looks much better on. Exactly. Yep, yep. <laughs> who does a much better job than you do at that particular thing. Life just seems to smooth out quite a bit. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So you also coach uh, people, um, maybe women or lots of people on side hustles. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that project. So I think that there's kind of this gray area that we're experiencing in society. And it used to just be black and white. You either owned your own business or you worked for somebody else. And now we have this beautiful gray area that people are trying to navigate. And there's a lot of people that are getting directed in the wrong places and they're getting taken advantage of. And there's plenty of things that you can do that are just passive income. Like I have an Etsy store. I'm not even going to plug it because I don't want it to explode or anything. (laughs) Literally printables. I make a design on Canva when I'm watching TV. So I'm, my hands are still always busy. Um, I load it up. People can download it for a buck and then that's it. I don't ship anything. I don't mail anything, nothing. And it, it can be bought over and over and over and over and over again. And so Most of my money doesn't come from there, but why not at least do something productive while I'm watching my binge worthy TV shows, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it's little things like that, that let's take this dead space of 10 minutes of your week and let's try and turn it into a passive income. It might stick. It might not stick, but if you have fun while you do it, who cares if you make money, if it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. For sure. I think a lot of a lot of people are looking for that extra passive income and they don't really know, you know, a lot of them get wrapped up in MLM companies, which can be great, but they take so much time. They really do. To make it work, you gotta work it. And a lot of women don't have that kind of time. So um Bravo for teaching them that. Yeah. Well, I think it's just the the next step that a lot of people need to have the confidence to launch what their actual dream is. Like if this can just be the launching pad, it doesn't have to be successful. You just have the have to have the guts enough to start. Yeah. And then whether it fails or not, when you go on to that next idea, you can say, Well, I've already started one and I failed and it didn't destroy me. So what's the best that can happen? You know, Mm -hmm. I can make this a huge success or I can learn another lesson. And either way, that's still a positive thing. Yeah. It's all about just jumping in and trying, try to do the thing, do the thing, do it again, do it again. And there's going to be a million iterations. Everything in our lives is a living document. It's a living, breathing, changing thing. And and to, to give him just to even give someone permission Mm -hmm. to try and fail something is so empowering. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, tell us about the books. You, you've you got some other children's books as well. When did yeah. all that, when, when did that start in kind of your timeline? 
Um, so I had had this idea and I, I dream really vividly and I dream it over and over and over until it comes out of me. And so I've just learned to be responsive to my dreams because I don't like having the same dream over and over. Um, but Do you mean like actual dreams like you're dreaming actually, at night about things? Yeah. So my book, Don't Be a awesome. Lemon, I dreamed of the cover before I made it. I dreamed of the chapters before I wrote them. Um, and my opinion, that's how God speaks to me. And so it's my job to wake up in the morning and say yes. And sometimes that takes me a few weeks of watching the same dream over and over. And other times I'm just like, yeah, sure. Sounds fun. And so the kids books took me a few months. Um, and again, when my pawpaw passed, that was kind of like the, the kick in the butt that I needed to just like, who cares if anybody buys them? It's something that has to come out of me. It's something that I think he would absolutely love. My only regret is I didn't do it while he was still alive because he would have been able to read these books. Um, but what I did is I voice recorded everybody at his memorial service, their favorite stories about Pawpaw. And so I'm slowly turning those into kids books. And each one teaches a different character trait that kids should be learning as they grow up. Um, and the characters looked like Mimi and Pawpaw, so they're illustrated like them. Whoever's favorite story it is, if it's my cousin Brian or my mom's, that's the other character that's in that book with Mimi and Pawpaw. Um, oh. And then in the back, I sneak a little Jesus in. I put one Bible verse in the back end because that's what Pawpaw would have wanted. Um, but that <laughs> way, if you're not religious, you still can love the books. Just don't read the last page. <laughs> there you go. I mean, oh my gosh, how incredible and how, I mean, how blessed are you to get these visions and, and, and wisdom spoken into your life mm -hmm. while you sleep? Like talk about someone who's always working. Yeah. I, I got a shortcut, I think. <laughs> yeah, you did. That, that's a, that's a major blessing. I'm sure there's something else that you're, that it, it's plugging that that's making up for in this. <laughs> <laughs> No one can have it all, Channing. That's not I know. Fair. Yeah, no, trust me. If I'm doing really great in one area, I'm dropping the ball in another one. So it's literally just like a juggling act and trying to figure out what all's going on and, and what balls I need to be juggling and when it's time to pass off that ball to somebody else. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think if I, if I were spoken to in my sleep like that, I would, I would rush to bed. Like, where's my right. next idea? I'm going to bed. Bye guys. Yeah. Have fun at your party. I need to sleep. I need ideas. Right. I'm always really grateful though. When he lets me like not wake up at 4am, there's been a few times when I'm like woken up at 4am, like you have to do this now. And I'm like, dang it. I'm an eight hours minimum sleep kind of girl. Like I need eight to 10. That's when I'm just like, tell my husband, like, all right, you got to get the kids to school. Cause I'm taking a morning nap. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it sounds like the pandemic was a pretty defining moment in your life. What mm -hmm. for the listeners that are maybe thinking about like dipping that toe in the own my own business kind of water. I know it took a major wake up call, like getting fired or having right. to be like, go for you. But, but what did that process look like? And what did it really take to move from this place to the other place? So I think it's just knowing yourself, right? So I'm a, I'm a cannonball in the water kind of girl. Like that's, that's who I am. I just mm -hmm. go for it. I would rather fail like hard and fast. And I would rather make my mistakes 
where they, I'm, I'm going to learn that mistake really, really good. <laughs> um, epically, epically exactly, fail. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but there's other people that that's not their style. And I think it's okay to realize that we're all made uniquely and you are wired how you're wired for a reason. And so if you're a one step at a time, take that first step and just know that sometimes the doubts that you hear from yourself or your friends or your family, those are just cautions. They're not excuses to stop or to turn around. And I think a lot of times we look at doubt as disbelief or we look at doubt as a reason or a stop sign or a U-turn. And really all it's saying is, hey, this is a speed bump. So slow down a little bit and make sure you go over it softly and then keep going because your destination is on track. And so I think just knowing who you are and having a lot of people in your corner that you can kind of go to when you're struggling. Um, yes. I've got tons of way more influential and powerful and godly and honoring and graceful women in my life. And so, and sometimes it's not even just talking to them about business. It's just being around them. You know, that, that yes. to me is motivating enough to see another woman who's, you know, bold enough to step out and say things that are scary or bold enough to start the new business. Then I'm like, well, what, what's my excuse? You know, like this isn't yes. a big thing. I can do this. And who cares what the outcome is? The outcome's not my job. My job is just to say yes. Yes, absolutely. Have, have you, have you had to begin surrounding yourself with different people and have you had some kind of relationship changes since you started your own thing? Absolutely. So, um, it kind of started before I started my own thing though. And, you know, when I was going through those changes, I just kept thinking like, there's something wrong with me. I keep losing all my friends and I don't know what's happening. And why is there so much betrayal? And like, why can't I find people that are loyal? And now looking back, you know, hindsight's 2020, I can see that that was it, God was shifting who was in my circle so that my circle was ready for when I was ready to say yes. And so mm -hmm. once I started saying yes, the more that I say yes to the right things, and the more that I focus on the things that are meant for me, the more that I get just these amazing women that literally just like pop up out of nowhere. And you just have that instant connection with them. And it's just a beautiful process, but it's so scary because I know a lot of times as women, we tend to compete with each other yes. or compare ourselves to each other or worry about the other's opinion. And so, you know, my shield of our armor for myself is humor. Like I'm the first one to make fun of myself. I'm the first one. We had an event yesterday for the nonprofit that I'm on the board of that was starting up here in Oklahoma. And I put on, kid you not, a full green jumpsuit with a sunflower face mask. Yes. And I frolicked around Hafer Park here in Edmond, waving to everybody, jogging and saying hello and just looking like a crazy person. Um, but if I can do that, then I can do these little tiny things. Like who cares yes. what people think about me if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do? Yes, 100%. And I... I, I feel the same way. And I haven't always been that way. I've always been that extrovert that thought I was too much for people. Like I was in their yes. face. I'm, I'm loud and proud. And I've allowed, I used to allow that to, 
to shut me down. And yeah. now I really enjoy giving others permission. I'm the first one to stand up for karaoke. I'm the first one to start the way. Yes. Let's do the YMCA. Let's do the thing. And then I've, I've found the more and more I've shoved myself into that discomfort that others, they really want to join in. They're just afraid to be the first and they need that permission to be silly and have fun. Exactly. Yep, yes. absolutely. I got the invitation to the true you thing and I had something else, um, but I, I was so sad I couldn't be there. But talk a little bit about true you and um, its mission. Yeah, so I've had dreams for years um, that I was supposed to open or be a part of a nonprofit. And it's it's really funny how God works sometimes because he'll just shove you right back down into your place, you know? <laughs> and so in my dream, it wasn't me leading this organization, but I believe that I was going to be the one to open it. Um, and that's not how it worked out. And honestly, <laughs> it is so much better the way that it is because it brought so many other women into my life. And so I went to a boss lady light lunch and learn, which is a free lunch and learn that's once a month. I had no clue what it was. All I knew was their message was women encouraging women, no competition, no looking down, no competing. And I was like, that is where I want to be. Yes. <laughs> um, and so then I'm sitting on the couch and, you know, my timer is supposed to go off three times and I'm sitting there. I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to go. And it goes off again. I don't think I'm going to go. It goes off five extra times than it was supposed to. And I said, okay, I'm supposed to be there. So I threw on a hat. I walked out in like just my comfy clothes. Cause at this point in my life, I'm going to be wearing what I want to wear, especially as a business owner. I get the luxury of that. Exactly. Um, and Tina Aska, who started Boss Lady Light, stood up and said, hey, I want to start a nonprofit. And here's what it is. Does anybody want to be on the board? And so I was the first one to raise my hand going, yep, I already knew I was supposed to do that. I just thought I needed to wait until I was more qualified. But if this is my shot, it's my shot. And yes. so the true you, really what we're trying to focus on is the world labels us as we go through life and you get different labels. You get too much, you get mm -hmm. um, too bold or, you know, too stubborn or all these negative connotations. And even the labels that we place on ourselves nowadays in society, it's so isolating because it's he, she, them, they, Democrat, Republican, Christian, non-Christian. And every time that we put a label like that, we put ourselves in this teeny tiny little box and only the people with those same labels can come in that box. And mm -hmm. so what the true you wants to do is we want to get down to who you actually are at the core or who you want to be. Maybe you're not there yet, but you want to be. And so I am a mom, I'm a wife, but that's who I am to other people. Who mm -hmm. am I at the end of the day for me? And so mine are advocate and protector. Those are the two things that I know at my core that's what gives me goosebumps literally every time I talk about it. That's when you know you've got your core values right, is if you give yourself goosebumps. Mm -hmm. And so we want to empower women to get back to who they are before the trauma that happened to them, before they were, you know, maybe they were incarcerated. I was a teen mom. There was a lot of labels that were put on me. Um, mm -hmm. And so we want to take those women that have gone through that trauma and be in their corner and be their cheerleader because so many in our society don't have that. And they don't have that sounding board. Um, so that's what the true is. We're going to teach basic life skills like credit score, um, budgeting, sewing, cooking, changing diapers. We're also going to have a developmental side that is workforce and making sure they can get an apartment and leadership and business ownership. 
and uh, free counseling, free access to healthcare, including pediatric care. Um, that's not government funded, because let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we let's let the get government real. control it. It's just not what it should be. Um, and so our goal is to give back the power to these women where they can go off and just, it's a ripple effect. And if we can get our domino to fall, the rest of the dominoes are going to finish the pattern. We just have to do our part. Absolutely. Freaking lutely. I love it. That's amazing. I have a huge heart for nonprofits and especially I'm very interested in the um, incarcerated women piece. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that is the client that this is serving or just one of the one of the it's one of them. So our target client is any woman who has gone through trauma. So that can be the trauma of incarceration, especially when it's generational and they're like the fifth in their family to go, mm-hmm. because that tells us that there is a there's a character missing, right? There's some part of that family tree that isn't there. And if we can come in and give that support, then they're going to be so much better off, including the next generations coming behind them. Mm -hmm. It can be women that have gone through mental abuse, physical abuse, um, because especially with mental abuse, I think there's so much of that going on. And a lot of women don't even know that they've gone through it until they're out of it. And they're in a healthy relationship. I look back at some of my relationships and go, what the hell was I thinking? Like, what, <laughs> yeah. Why was yeah. I there? It, that makes no sense. Um, and then also teen moms, because regardless of how they got into that situation, there is trauma in teen motherhood. And a lot of it comes from society judging you, even if your family's on board, even if it wasn't from a trauma um, or a sexual abuse or anything like that. There's just, there's a lot of trauma that surrounds that. And so that's our clientele is any woman who has gone through trauma. And if we're honest, every single one of us have. And so the goal is to not only take from this organization, but dump back into it. So if you get the services from us, you're going to be helping the other women in the areas that you're strong. Because again, let's fill the gaps. You might be broken in this one area or feel like you're not up to par, but in this other area, you are the best and you excel. And so let's build our confidence here and we'll work on this as we go. Yes. A community of women exactly. that are supporting one another. And that's the only, I love that you say that and you talk about the generational change, because I know for me, especially during and throughout the pandemic, it's like, there's so many issues that we're also upset about or angry about, or want to affect change. And we can't all care about everything. At right. least we can care about it, but can we affect change? Right. And the way change is affected is one person at a time. Exactly. And that is how we affect generational change by getting in that woman's life, teaching her about family and those values and that missing piece from their family. And yep. that that's a true way to start the generational change effect. I love it. Yeah. So one of the projects that we have going on, I'll put a little plug here, um, Do it. is we are looking for women who have survived and overcome their trauma And we need your story. Um, It'll be 100% anonymous. Uh, Now, the stories will come through me. So obviously, like, Amy, if you sent a story, I'm going to know that it was from you. But as soon as it passes me, it's 100% anonymous. Um, And these stories will be chapters in a book. And that book will be on Amazon. It will be a source of, we're going to use a side hustle hack, right? We're going to side hustle passive income for the nonprofit. And what our hope is, is that any woman who picks up that book can see 
that we are survivors and that you can overcome whatever it is that you're going through and that you're probably going through it for a reason. Because the fact is, is if I hadn't have gone through the trauma that I went through or put myself in half the trauma that I did, (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have the testimony that I have, right? I think that's a lot of us. We're all guilty. (laughs) I wouldn't have the testimony that I have. I wouldn't be able to reach the people that I can reach. I wouldn't be able to be that bridge from feeling like you're completely hopeless to look how far you've come. I mean, I there's a, so many blessings that came out of my pain, but you have to choose to put it in that light or it's just going to continue to eat at you. And so our hope is that this book, one for the women who are writing their stories, that it can be, you know, I've always known I need to tell my testimony, but I don't want anybody to know it's me. Then this book is perfect for you. If you don't want people to know your name, but you need to get it out of you, get it out and then let it affect somebody else in a positive way. Let somebody else say, wow, chapter three, like they really went through some stuff and look at how far they've come. And just so everybody knows, surviving your trauma is an accomplishment. You don't have to go on to be like on a stage to make a difference. Like you survived it. And that is amazing in and of itself. Yes. And there are so many stories. I know for me personally, a trauma I suffered years ago, I thought I was alone. Mm -hmm. I really thought that I was, and now I look back and laugh and go, really? I thought that, but truly when you're in your unique situation, you think, oh my gosh, I'm the only person who's ever experienced this. And how do I come out and share that shame of of what I put myself through, what I've been put through by someone else. And so, so how do, how do you recommend someone does that? How do we overcome that, that the, the shame of sharing? I mean, we know that when we share people gain, but when you're in the beginning stages of that, it's hard. Yeah. I I think it's one finding a safe space. So whether that's therapy, whether that's a friend that you trust, a family member that you trust, um, or finding an organization, the true you is not the only organization out there that is willing to hear you. And just realizing that if you're in the trauma right now, you coming forward, you're going to feel like an idiot. Or I know that it would have me when I was coming forward, I was like, I feel so stupid and alone and isolated and just I feel like an idiot how could I have let this happen and yeah the blame as the trauma survivors and for me the first step was realizing like I am a trauma survivor I'm not a trauma victim I'm a trauma survivor and so as a survivor I have a responsibility to myself Regardless, if I choose to take a responsibility for the others going through the same thing, that's a personal choice and it's not for everybody. So don't think that you have to be on that journey, but Mm -hmm. you do have a responsibility to yourself and you do have a responsibility to take care of yourself, to heal yourself and to move past it. And then you can still use it for a positive force. Even if nobody else knows what it is that you went through, use it to fuel your own life that you can make a huge difference just for yourself by taking back ownership and take back control. Yes, yes. I love that you're speaking about that victim mentality because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us live or lived in it for a long time after that. And and realizing 
no, I'm not a victim. I'm a victor and I'm over this and it's in my past and the things I can take responsibility for, I will. That's Mm -hmm. a hard one to swallow. And even the responsibility that others held that we may have played a tiny part in are also part of that therapy and working through it. But getting it out to someone I think is very helpful because then we begin to see, okay, I'm speaking to another woman who's sitting right where I was right. 10 years ago, one year ago, five months ago, and I'm better now. And yeah. to prove that's possible is so empowering for people. Right. Well, and I think it all comes from, you know, society is the one that labeled you incorrectly. Society is the one telling you that victimization is cool. And I think that that is what we need to break, that you are an individual and your story is unique. So Why would society have the right to tell you who you are or how to deal with it or what to label yourself as? I mean, society doesn't have that right with me. And I've been told my whole life, oh, you're a lot. You're a lot. I am a lot. So get on board. We, I have a saying at my age, <laughs> lead, follow, or get out of the way because this train is moving and it's moving fast. So that's it. That's, when people say, what, you're a lot. A new favorite saying of mine too is, what is your intention with that? Mm. So when you get yeah. a comment that you don't like, or it's labeling you incorrectly, or, you know, well, you don't, those are pretty tight pants. What is your intention with that? I love that. I love that. Because most people will go, oh, that's embarrassing. I can't believe I said that to you. I'm so sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then let's well, take it- that crap back. Yeah. Yeah. Let the, put it back on them. I love exactly. that. I mean, as a society, we talk about it in, in marketing and in, um, in messaging all the time. Like, first of all, the human mind is wired to categorize. We mm-hmm. must put things in boxes in order for us to understand it. Yes. But sometimes those boxes become very generalized and everyone yeah. has that own unique story. And the thing about a story is the victim is never the hero. Right. They are the victim and they're not remembered. The hero or the guide that comes in to save them is the hero. Right. They're the center of the story. So when yeah. we want to step forward and be the center of our own story and the hero of our own lives, we've got to shed and drop off that victim mentality and be like, yeah. nope, I'm going to guide myself to be a hero in this story. And exactly. I'm going to change other lives because of it. Yeah, I'm going to be Cinderella and Prince Charming. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love what you're doing. So good. I can't believe it's already been half an hour. (laughs) Moving on. What else? What else would you like the world to know about Channing and what you're doing? Um, I think that, you know, just realizing that as a leader, one of the things that I think we forget is to say that we're sorry. And like, quite honestly, I haven't done it enough in my life. And there's plenty of relationships or bridges that have been burned. And I think that that relationship is just damaged beyond belief. And I have blocked out what it is that I did to that person. I can't remember why that (laughs) relationship ended, you know, and instead of walking up and just saying like, Hey, I'm so sorry if I did something wrong, or I don't know why we fell out of touch. Can you tell me? Because I mean, at the bottom of the line, like, If they're going to give me some harsh criticism, I can either take that to heart and I can be super bummed about it, or I can take that and learn from it and not do that to somebody else. And just recognizing that like, we are all humans. So 
I'm going to hurt you, you're going to hurt me. And if we can learn to communicate in a way that we can learn from each other, then even if that relationship doesn't work, we're going to be able to communicate better with the next relationships that we do have. And whether that's at work, at church, at home, I mean, I don't think that it matters where you are. We just need to start being more understanding, more grace, gracious, and give a lot yes. more grace than we have been. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent because we've been given infinite grace. Yep. Yep. Way more than I deserve. <laughs> Way more than we deserve by, by God and so many people I know mm -hmm. for sure. It's, it's really hard to accept that responsibility and, and set an expectation whether or not that, that relationship would be mended. It's valuable to get that feedback and be humble enough to receive right. it and take it and turn it around to do better. When yep. we know better, we do better. Yep. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, other than that, I mean, I just can't keep my hands still. That's like my biggest thing. So I've got OCD and ADD, if you can imagine that. So <laughs> what a I, combo. Yeah. I hyper focus or I'm scatterbrained and need sticky notes. I mean, I literally have just like sticky notes all over the place that are just like tasks and whatever. Um, but I crochet, um, I paint, I write books, I illustrate. So I'm, I'm a creator. So I like creating opportunities just as much as creating solutions for clients, just as much as creating a work of art that I can give to a loved one. That's amazing. I so well-rounded. <laughs> amazing. And to be so young, I will not ask your age, but so young. I'm 30. Are you 30? Yes. I'm 30. Wow. What an accomplishment by this age. I can't even tell you that like, I don't like want to say said, I'm proud I, of you but I'm so proud of you and for you to be you. even living in the same proximity as you I just <laughs> I can't wait to come meet in person and do some things like yeah and put on stupid sunflower hats and frogs. absolutely and I'll put yeah. on my roller skates let's go I'm ready. yes <laughs> yeah I'm young but remember I like failing hard and fast so I have lived a very big life in my very short 30 years and most of that was self-imposed um, <laughs> but I wouldn't have it any other way because now I get to you know look at the years to come and I can really leave behind you know the legacy of my Mimi and Paul by continuing on with their stories and I can leave the legacies that are already here, but now I can pass them on to multi families, you know, and I can pass them on for generations to come forever. And it's just so important to me that my kids can understand that they never have to work something that they don't want to work at. And they don't have to work for somebody else that isn't treating them with value and that they are capable of accomplishing whatever they want. And maybe they can't accomplish it, but who freaking cares? Like we try and ask our kids um, and we need to get better at the frequency, but what did you fail at? And this mm. is something that the owner of Spanx, I saw a YouTube video with her yes. and I was like, I love that. So her dad asked her every single week, what did you fail at this week? And if she failed to go, oh, you know, I tried out for the school play and I was horrible. And he'd go, congratulations. Now you don't have to waste your energy on that. You can move on to something else. And if she didn't yes. fail that week, he'd say, I'm really sorry for you. Let's try to fail next week. And so for her, it created this mindset of who cares if I fail? I failed if I didn't try, not if I tried and didn't succeed. 
And so I'm like, that's what I want my kids to know. Like who freaking cares if my book never sells more than 10 copies? It wasn't for the people that was for me. And that was something that had to come out of me. And as long as I say yes to the things I'm supposed to say yes to, then I can go to sleep and know that I, I can be proud of myself. It didn't turn out how I wanted, but I can be proud of myself because I did my part and everything else is just up to God and the universe. Oh my gosh. How did you fail today? Listen to that listener. What did you fail at today? If you didn't fail at something today, maybe you didn't try hard enough. Yep. I love it. We need permission to not only identify our strengths, but also what we're not so good at. Right. So that we can better focus where our value add is in this right. community, society, world. We get this many chances. Yep. Only one. One well, remember too that like some of the things that you think that you failed at are not a failure. They are a strength. I cannot focus until I can, right? OD, yeah. OCD and ADD. I do not have the strength of focus. But what that does allow me is to juggle books and novels and agency and kids and, uh, you know, all the different things and painting and Etsy and all, I can juggle all the things because I can't focus. It's not a hindrance, but if I hadn't have failed over and over and over at focusing, I wouldn't have ever known that, well, because I can't focus, I can handle 15 things at once where most people yeah. can't. And as long me, as you're good at delegating, right. and it sounds like you're great at it. Right. Now and for me, it's, it's not a stress. Like I, I don't lose sleep at night. I don't stay up worrying and wondering because it's a strength, but I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't have failed. And I think failure is what kind of points you towards your North star. Either you realize like, this is not the industry I want to be in. These are not the people I want to be around. This is not the style of book that I enjoy reading. This is not the type of company I want to run. I mean, every single failure is going to point you closer and closer to exactly what you're supposed to be doing. So yes. why would we run from that? Yeah, because exactly. society has told to us it. to not to. Right. Fail. Only right. do good, only get yeah. A's, only get, I love the, some of, I think it's some of the Elon Musk quotes talking about why failing students are the best students. Oh yeah. F I'm students, high, give me I'm all the F students. Dropout. Like I'm a college dropout and I finished high school online because I had a baby before I graduated, you know? And like, I look at some of the other people in, that I graduated with and some are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. And others are still super lost and they're just working a job because they have to pay the bills and that's what they do. And I just think that life's way too short to work to pay a bill. I'd yeah. rather enjoy the ride and fail a ton along the way. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you had some really incredible people in your life, like your papa and other leaders that kind of taught you this early on. Not yeah. everyone is so blessed to know what's out there and what's available. Yeah. At least I wasn't. I was definitely brought up and uh, not surrounded by any business owners or anything like that. I didn't know what was out there. And right. to have someone like you shouting it from the rooftops, it's for you, it's for right. you, it's for you. Do this yep. before you're 40, get up, quit the job, do the thing, right. fail, 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 fail fast, fail often. Yes. And watch how much you succeed. Oh yeah. my gosh, I love it. Channing, our time is almost over. I can't believe it. Tell <laughs> our listeners how they can find you. 
Yes. So you can find me on Facebook. Um, so I've got Channing Gardner dash author and also CG agency. Um, I'm on Instagram for my author, um, Instagram. And then I also have a TikTok, which really just kind of gets bled over of everything. So it's a little bit nonprofit, a little bit agency, a little bit of just me being super weird. Um, <laughs> and then my websites, uh, you can find me at privatepaybenefits.com for the agency websites, um, the side hustle life for side hustle guidance and blog, and then also channinggardener.com for my author um, website as well. Well, thank you so much for taking that dive, overcoming your failures, failing fast and making such an impact in this community and beyond. I can't wait to see and follow your journey further. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Thanks for being here.